Hey loves, you're listening to Creative Beginnings, where we explore the stories behind the creatives all around us. These boss babes and gents started with a simple goal and are now inspiring all those around them. It's your host, Natalie Cram, believer of all things pretty and people who shine. Whether you're on the go or cozy at home, get ready to be inspired. On today's episode, we meet Katie. Katie is known for doing what she wants and believing that women can be more than just one thing. But how did it all begin? Where did she find the strength to do what she wanted to do without being apologetic? Today we will find out that and more. Join me as we welcome Katie. Did we meet through like Instagram and maybe through the Nash Gals? Yeah, Instagram yeah. and the Nash Gals. Yeah. That's incredible. So Katie, I know like you're just so powerful in in your words and your actions. Tell me a little bit about like how did you like come get up that with way? Yeah, get that way. <laughs> um well so my mother is like my idol and um she's been uh She's just been like a force in my life. She is no nonsense businesswoman, has had like a million different jobs, um, powerful jobs, and has always been a big force in my life uh, as far as just going for it and being outspoken and being unapologetic about what you want and what you hope to achieve. So I think just, I mean, she was a boss for my entire life. I mean, we would, I would go to her office when I was a young kid. I've interned in some of the companies that she has been the head of or been, you know, vice president of. I've, you know, just kind of used her as an example for most of my life. Um, so do you feel like you've always had the courage to speak your mind or is that something that you came to a point in your life and you said, you know, if I want to be like my mother, if I want to be like women like my mother, I too have to just go for it. So I think the it's, for me, it wasn't so much about the courage to speak my mind. Um, I am also kind of a performer and, you know, I was an artist when I was all growing up. Yeah, I was a singer. I was in all the plays. And for me, being outspoken, whether it was, you know, reading a script or singing or like speaking my mind, that always kind of came easily to me because it always felt, you know, whether it was true or not, it felt like a performance Mm -hmm. and I am comfortable, you know, speaking in front of people. And I, again, that performance aspect of I'm comfortable, like kind of influencing people, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, so You know, a lot of it was fake it till you make it as far as my, you know, line of confidence. Uh But I never had a problem, like, speaking my mind. Um, It was the the self-confidence thing that came later. Um, Probably after, honestly, after college. After I moved, after I moved to Nashville is where that kind of played a big part. So tell me a little bit more of that journey of how you moved to Nashville how your confidence grew and where you are now as a professional and as a woman. Sure. So I moved to Nash. I, I used to, and still make a lot of like pretty, um, 
quick decisions in my life that <laughs> don't good. that don't yeah you know it's <laughs> gotten me in trouble <laughs> right I know it's gotten me in trouble before but you know I have made some really amazing life changes just on a whim moving to Nashville was definitely one of those um, you know I was I went to college in Maryland at University of Maryland which I know you are from Maryland yes. which is amazing <laughs> um, like how is that small uh, world seriously small world. Um, but I went to Maryland. I grew up in Baltimore. I had a bunch of great internships in Maryland. Um, you know, I was really interested in sustainable development, um, you know, and just sort of like sustainable cities and how, you know, people interact with their environments. Um, I had great internships in Baltimore and it was just one of those things where, you know, people don't leave Baltimore very mm-hmm. often. And I'm sure, you know, like Maryland is a pretty tight knit, yeah. like it, people don't leave that often. No. Um, and I just remember thinking it was like second semester senior year and I could map out in my head, you know, the job that I probably have, the neighborhood that I probably live in, the friends that I would have until, you know, decades and decades later, I like had that roadmap in mm-hmm. Baltimore and that kind of freaked me out a little bit. So I decided that I was going to move, um, most of my friends ended up in, like, New York, Philadelphia, Chicago. I don't particularly like the cold. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, okay, maybe south. Well, you know, I'm also obsessed with my family. Like, Texas seemed a little far. Right. You know, Florida wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. But Nashville, you having studied, um, like, sustainable development, Nashville was kind of on my radar with everything like the Gulch and all of mm-hmm. those great projects that were, you know, very um, on the cusp of, you know, environmental engineering and things like that. It's like, I could really get in to Nashville. And I think I made the Nashville decision like April and moved in <laughs> August. Awesome. Like, I mean, I have never been to Nashville. Yep. I mean, I read about it. That's crazy. I'd never been... I moved here, sight unseen. I got a house on Craigslist. I mean, it was, if my mother knew exactly like <laughs> how I managed this move, she never would have, she would have locked me in the house. Right. Craigslist roommate and everything. It was, but if I mean. But you did it. Yeah. But you did it and you, and you opened yourself up to opportunities that you didn't see having in Baltimore, staying in, in your comfort zone. Yes. Yes. And I mean, seven years later, we're here. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't get. Murdered by the Craigslist killer, and <laughs> I've got, you know, a great group of... I mean, I didn't know a single person mm-hmm. when I moved down here. Not one human person. Um, built my life on Craigslist, got a nice used washer and dryer, and called it a day. Here we are. So how, how did you feel like that experience landed you where you are today in terms of what you are... Um, what you stand for and what you are very passionate about? So I... And people never believe me when I say this because I am very outwardly vocal and I'm outspoken mm-hmm. and everything, but I'm like pretty cripplingly shy, or at least I used to be. I've, I've heard that a lot about the most extroverted people that you see are yes. actually very introverted. Yes. I mean, if I didn't make myself, like in my own head, I am psyching myself up yeah. to like go and talk to that person or whatever. So when I moved to Nashville... And not knowing a single person. I also didn't have a job at this point. 
Um, it was just, again, the decisions, you know, it, I'm glad it worked out, but looking back, I'm like, man, Katie, what did you do? But knowing that my survival depended on how personable I was, how willing I was to do hard work, mm-hmm. um, how willing I was to talk to other humans, that was what was going to make or break me down here. How willing you were to show up in life. Ex- wow. Can we put that on a billboard? <laughs> yes. Like, I need that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Because, I mean, I very easily could have, like, turned inward mm-hmm. and, you know, done the bare minimum and not have gotten to where I am. But instead, I literally made myself. And we're talking, you know, in the mirror, affirmations every morning, yep. like, you got this, you're going to talk to 10 people today, you're going to make, you're going to get two people's business cards, I don't care, you know, if they're not in your field or whatever, you're going to go to the coffee shop and just be probably really annoying to everybody. But, I mean, it worked out, and that's kind of how, like, my... I don't even know the right word for it, but that's really kind of like my personal motto Mm -hmm. is that if you're not showing up, then like you're not doing everything you can be, you can be doing. So it really just bred a confidence in me that I didn't know that I had. Um, and it's, it's how I, I mean, honestly, it's how I got my job. It is how I got, you know, into people's offices who I had no experience. I mean, I'm a college kid. I had, I didn't know anybody in Nashville. You know, I had thousands of connections in Baltimore, but Mm -hmm. that didn't really do me any favors here. here. Exactly. So, you know, cold calling people and asking them to coffee when you're 22 years old with zero experience and just trying to be yourself and show up like that's something that people take notice here's Mm -hmm. this 22 year old girl who just moved down here you know she's uh, she has a presence and you know maybe we don't have anything like we'll create something for her exactly because we want that energy exactly because that energy is really how all these businesses that we see and all these amazing people that we know have made it yeah it's because they wouldn't like you said they wouldn't stop and say, you know what, I don't know anyone, so I'm just going to sit at home, watch TV. Exactly. So I know you're in, like, the most incredible, crazy industry, (laughs) and you work with 95% males. Yes. So how have you been able to create a name for yourself in an industry that's dominated by men? I mean, so that's another thing about showing up. You know, I think that women underestimate their power that is actually inherent in them being women. So, you know, I don't act like a man in order to get another man's approval approval or respect. Mm -hmm. I find that my, I mean, it's my niche is being a woman, which is so bizarre, Mm -hmm. but I don't command respect because I am a hard ass or because I, you know, talk like a man or walk like a man. I command respect because all humans, I believe all humans should be respected. If you respect others, you speak eloquently, and you work hard, 
that shows up no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, you make a name for yourself not with, you know, who you know or whether you're a guy or whether you wear this or that or whether you're six feet tall. Like, you know, I am six feet tall almost. So. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Very. <laughs> I spent a long time trying to get used to that. But now I own it and I love it. But um, it's really, you should let your work and your attitude speak for themselves. Um, and I show up every day and I try and be better than everybody else at my job. So something that I've always admired since meeting you, which I feel like I've known you forever, but it's right? been like a couple months, I know. like two, three, maybe three. Yeah. But it's something that I've always like every time you post, every time you, you influence those around you, the thing that I always take away is she is so confident in who she is. And she isn't just saying, Hey, I'm Katie. I work in a 95%, you know, male industry. And this is just kind of like the bubble I fit in. You're like, no, I fit into various facets of life and I can do whatever I really want to do. So how is it that you came to that conclusion or how did you realize, you know, just because I am engaged and looking for a wedding dress doesn't mean I can go and play in the mud. Right. Because I feel like sometimes as women, we put ourselves yes. into categories. Yes. And why, yes. why do we do that? I don't know. And, you know, I have always had a lot of interests. And I think that, you know, I when I first moved to Nashville, I sang at a honky-tonk bar downtown. That is how I made a living, because I didn't have a job. Now, you know, people that know me now and know me in the professional sense would be shocked to find that out. But, like, I still love to sing. Like, give me a glass of wine or, I don't <laughs> know, <laughs> a shot of fireball. And, like, I'm busting up on stage and trying to win over the crowd. Um, and I've always been into fashion and I've always been into city development. I mean, these things are interests that I've always had. And I hated the idea of having to forget about them in order to discover another part of my life. So I, I always say like, I try and forget about the you know, the should be, mm-hmm. the supposed to be, mm-hmm. because once you can forget about the supposed to be, how is a, how is a corporate cl- ladder climbing woman supposed to act? How is a wife supposed to act? How is a mother supposed to act? As soon as you forget about that supposed to be, you can like really find out who you're meant to be. And maybe you're meant to be all of those things. Maybe you're meant to love being an artist. Maybe you're meant to design clothes in your spare time. Maybe you're meant to love gardening and also climb the corporate ladder and also, and also, and also. And I mean, life is short. So why, why pigeonhole yourself to just being one thing, to putting yourself in one box? There's so much good stuff out there. There really is. And like the internet, like (laughs) just go and do things. Just there's so, I mean, it's so accessible. Everything is so accessible that, you know, go on Scott's cheap flights and get a $400 round trip ticket to Zurich or something. Just go and do because it's all out there. That's what I love. How have you felt like having this um, perception of yourself and having this perception of the world? How have you seen it? enrich your life, enrich the lives of your, like between your friendships at work, because if we put ourselves into 
I'm supposed to be this. I'm supposed to do that. I feel like we sometimes get unhappy. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes we feel like we're unfulfilled. Yes. And it's because we're not showing up. We're not exploring ourselves. And something that is like my soapbox in life is like, you need to get to know yourself first before you can do anything with the world. So how have you seen that bring good to your life? So I think you kind of like hit the nail on the head where, you know, when you open yourself up to things and to new experiences and to kind of discovering new facets of your personality, um, you're kind of more, more of a well-rounded person and being able to have many different life experiences, you know, I can talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can find common ground with anybody. And I think that is a huge, um, that's a huge part of kind of feeling more connected to whatever it is that you do, whether it's feeling more connected to the group of girlfriends that you're having drinks with or feeling more connected to, you know, what's going on in the world or to your job or anything. You know, the more that you open yourself up to having these new experiences and to, to really digging deep um, and figuring out what it is that you love to do, the better you can connect with everybody else. And I have definitely found that. So I know on Instagram you're very, like you said, like you you know how to connect with people. And I truly feel like every time I read one of your posts or your stories, I feel like you're talking to me. <laughs> and how how have you found that by sharing just like what you're going through or what the change you want to see in life? How have you seen, you know, that create like a positive impact on Instagram on your little realm? I mean, it's been amazing. You know, when you speak from your heart and you know, when you share your truth with other people, no matter what that is, whether they agree or disagree, whether they have a completely different lifestyle than you, you know, opening yourself up allows other people to open up to you as well. So, you know, I've just had so many amazing conversations with other women who, who agree with me or honestly sometimes who disagree with me. And I am all about hearing from the other side and all about opening, you know, life is not all easy conversations. Mm -hmm. There are lots of hard conversations that I think if you're open to that, then you end up with a friendship or at least an understanding. Um, I just feel like, you know, everybody throws around that word authenticity or real or whatever. Um, But I really think that if you put your like real face out there and you put your real life out there. It's not always just pretty pictures and Mm -hmm. it's not always just cutesy captions. You know, I put on Instagram how I'm feeling that day or stuff that's happening in the news or things that are happening in politics. Like I, I know that there are plenty of people who would rather stay on the surface. And I love a lot of that content and it like makes me happy and it makes me smile. Um, but that's just not me. Right. So that's, I think it's been, it's been awesome kind of learning about people through that. And like you said, every, everybody has a unique perspective on any one topic. Mm -hmm. You know, you may agree on the general topic, but then within that, you know, you can have different. Exactly. So how have you dealt with people who don't see eye to eye or people who, 
um, just don't want to see you succeed. How have you been able to keep that negativity from impacting your kind of trying, or at least trying to impact from your, you know, there are a lot of people that think, Oh, because she's in the corporate world, like she should not be posting this or she shouldn't be doing that. And, you know, to each their own. And I am very careful about what I put on the internet. Everybody should be very careful about what they put on the internet. Um, but you know, you deal with the naysayers with love, honestly. I mean, no one is living your life, but you, and you have no idea what they're going through, why they're negative or anything. Mm -hmm. I think that you combat hate with love. And for the naysayers, for the people who think, oh, she's full of it, she's full of it, (laughs) she's full of crap, whatever, you know, the thing is the best way to prove them wrong is to just keep doing what you're doing and to keep being successful. And it's it's not successful just to show them that they're wrong. It's successful to you know, just keep living your life and that's it. And to anyone listening who, who doesn't know where to start or what to do or how to be their true self or find their self, what is the one piece of suggestion you could give them? Oh my gosh, honestly, read. So, you know, I could say a lot about look deep into your soul and meditate or whatever, <laughs> but you know, I think that the human mind, please don't quote me on this. I mean, I'm on a podcast, so you are quoting me on this, actually verbatim, but uh, I'm not a psychologist or anything. But I just, from personal experience, I feel that the human mind tends to, tends towards the negative. Um, I think it has a lot to do with evolution and survival and whatever. But, you know, the more positive feedback loops that you can bring into your mind through, and I really do think a lot of it is through reading a lot of personal, I mean, I read tons of personal development books, Um, but the more of that information you can actually feed yourself, the less room there is for some of those negative thoughts. And I have even found, you know, if there's been a, a time where I've been super busy or a little stressed and haven't been reading and haven't been taking in that positive self-talk, that negativity kind of filters in mm-hmm. and that self-doubt filters in. But as soon as I pick that up, pick back up that habit of, you know, reading or, I mean, podcasts are another great way to just feed your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I would start because, you know, sometimes you just have to fake it. Sometimes you have to read what other people are doing mm-hmm. or listen to what other people have done and kind of get it through osmosis. But that's definitely the best place to start. I don't really believe in luck, to be honest. I mean, I am, you know, I just think that if you put the work in and it's not just, it's not always, it's not about being good. So let me, it's not about, you know, being amazing at one or two things or whatever. I think a lot of people think the opposite of luck is, is just being really, really good at something, being the best. Mm -hmm. It's not about that. It's being prepared and it's putting yourself out there and working hard. I mean, 
I, people would say that I lucked into my current job, but I cold called like all those skills, 40 people and got, and I, you know, took 40 people out to coffee (laughs) and it was just like, it just clicked. But you know, it's not like my fairy godmother put my resume on this guy's desk and it was lucky or something. It was just, you know, you can't be in the right place at the right time if you're not putting yourself out there at all. Thank you for joining me today as we learned all about Katie and the amazing journey she has had in moving to Nashville, creating a name, and not taking no for an answer. Join me next week as we interview the founders of Blogger Exchange, women who have been changing the industry of blogging in Nashville. And if you're new to Creative Beginnings, well, we are new too. Thank you so much for joining us on our journey. Like, subscribe, and comment below on what you loved and who you would like to see on the podcast. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Litton Avenue. See you next week, loves.